Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Amazing story. But I'm going to draw a recap on what I've taught for the past three weeks. Like I said, I'm rounding off today. We're going to another theme next month. I want your heart to be strengthened. I want your heart. I said, this is Mark. This is not Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. I want your heart to be steered. I want your heart to make a decision that your faith journey and your faith life will never remain the same after now. And that something very tangible will change in your life. Go back to the sermons. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. Hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Faith comes. I, I, I didn't know you were around. God bless you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. So one hearing is not enough. One heard. Faith doesn't come by head. Faith comes by hearing. Continuous present. Continuous. Continuous. Hearing and hearing. And having heard, you hear again. I told you the story about I built my faith for my health. I listened to Bishop Wedipo's sermon, five power buttons for total health. Five power buttons for total health. That sermon, I must have heard it about a hundred times. I, it built faith in my heart. One hearing is not enough. You have to go back home and then you have to replant by hearing again. Okay, let me show you a scripture. Mark chapter 4. Help me do more. Mark chapter 4, verse 17. You have to go back home and hear it all over again. Okay, help me. Help me. Mark 4, verse 17. What does it say? And have no roots in themselves. So, if you start from, that's verse 14. That's verse 17. Let's start from verse 16. Mark 4, verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Who when they have heard the word. The Bible says they heard the word. Immediately receive it with gladness. They received the word with gladness. Mark 4, verse 16. They received that word with excitement. And the people in church this morning who have received God's word for their healing, received God's word for their health with gladness. Verse 17, what does it say? And have no root in themselves. The Bible says they have no root. Where? In themselves. Where? Answer me now. In themselves. So I need, I need a very, I need the church to give me a feedback this morning. They have no root in themselves. That means they had roots in what the pastor said. They heard what the pastor said, but they had no roots in themselves. The root of God's word was not in their own hearts. Even though they received God's word with excitement. But excitement is not enough. You have to replant the word in your heart so that the word would have roots in yourself. What happened to them? And so endure God for it. They endured just for a while. Afterward, Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises, when affliction or persecution arises for, the word's, for the word's sake, follow me closely, follow me closely, follow me closely. Affliction arises for what? What does affliction arise for? So when affliction comes against your life, follow me. 
mostly it comes for the word. Affliction, persecution comes for the word. Some of you were even doing better bodily until you started believing God for healing. Then it looks as though your health began to depreciate. Because affliction comes for the word. The devil wants to be sure you really, really believe what you said you believed. It was when you began to confess God's word concerning your finance that it looks like everything became stagnated. Why? Affliction arises for the word's sake. When you began to speak God's word, when you began to believe, you have triggered something in the spirit. Satan wants to come for the word. Satan wants to come for the word. The word of God will produce faith in your heart. The word of God will produce joy in your heart. Satan is a thief. And so when it comes to your heart, it comes to steal your joy. The prime target of Satan in your life is your joy. Please pay close attention. And that's why you cannot be joking with this depression thing they are talking about. The prime target, the sole target, when Satan comes to you or it comes for you, it comes for your joy. Because it is with joy you draw water out of the well of what? So when you do have joy, you can draw water. The boss is in the presence of God as what? Satan knows that the joy of the Lord is your what? So he knows that when the joy of the Lord is bubbling in your heart, you'll be strong. So when you lost your phone, what happened to you? When the enemy stole your phone, have you ever seen Satan making phone calls with phones before? So when the enemy steals your phone, what the enemy is targeting is your joy. When you have a miscarriage, the devil does nothing with your baby. What the devil is targeting? Listen to me. Depression is a devil and I'm coming there. When the enemy comes for anything in your heart, what is coming and is targeting is the joy that the word of God produces. So when you lost your job or you were laid off, what happens to you is that your joy is taken away. Satan is a joy thief. When he came to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God, please listen. Turn these stones to bread. If you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread. I mean, this was a man that God publicly declared before everyone 40 days ago that this is my beloved son in whom I'm what? So Satan comes for that word. If you are the son of God, then turn stones to bread. Why is the son of God even hungry, Jeff? Why? You call yourself a son of God, you don't have a job. You call yourself a son of God, you don't have a house. Look at you, son of God, son of God, you don't even have a phone. Son of God that doesn't have clothes. Son of God that doesn't have a place to stay. Son of God that doesn't have a girlfriend. Son of God that doesn't have a baby. Son of God that doesn't have a wife. What is Satan targeting? Your joy. So he told Jesus, Son of God, my foot. Son of God that doesn't have a house. Son of God that doesn't have food to eat. He said, even Elijah, that wasn't son of God. God sent ravens to give him food. You. Look at you. If your father really loved you, why are you hungry? How many of you have had those kind of feelings before? If God loves me, am I going through this? 
If God really loves me, why am I going through this? Why am I going through that? What's Satan targeting? Your joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. About affliction rises for the world's sake. That is why you have to have the roots in yourself. Look at the month of May. It's an amazing month. But if you are not careful, you are going to forget everything you heard. Everything. You'll be shocked. If you don't go back and go and listen, and they are free, they are on the YouTube, everywhere. Listen for yourself. When the five virgins lost out on their oil, they went to those that had. They said, give us. said, no. He said, go to them that sell and buy for yourself. Have roots in yourself so that the next time enemy comes, you won't say, Pastor Philip said. You say, thus says the Lord. Because it's coming from your spirit. I don't want echoes. I want voices. The Bible says there's a voice in the wilderness, not an echo. I don't want echoes. I don't want echo in SLC. I don't want to my pastor say, my pastor, it's amazing. You honor me by saying that. But I want the word to bear roots. Have roots in your own heart. So when you stand with like this, when the enemy comes, you look at him in the eyes. And you speak God's word from your spirit. The Bible says they didn't have roots in them. So even though they accept and they receive the word with gladness. Let's go to Matthew 11. Help me. Matthew 14, where are you going to read? Matthew 14, I'm going to run it through together. Do more. I, my time is up. And I've not even started. And so... I'm just going to flow as much as I can. Praise the Lord. So give us Mark, Matthew 14, 21. What does verse 21 say? Matthew 14, verse 21. Matthew 14, 21. Immediately Jesus made his disciples. Immediately. Yes. And go before him. Please, is that King James? Matthew 14, 21. Is that King James? And they that had eaten were about 5,000. Is that King James? Yes, sir. All right. Beside them, women and children. So the Bible says those that ate that day were 5,000 men besides women and children. So we won't assume that there were more than 5,000. Yes. You know, because they may, they will, maybe the women will be even more and the children will be more. So maybe 20,000. But he fed them with five loaves and two fishes. All right, continue. And straight away Jesus constrained his the disciples. The Bible says he constrained the disciples. To get into a ship. So the first thing you have to understand here, please listen to me carefully. The Bible says he constrained the disciples to get into the field, into the ship to go before him. What does it mean to constrain? What does it mean to constrain? Eh? To what? To constrain them. It's to my own. The Bible says to compel them. Go now. So what does it mean? Why is he compelling them if there were not some form of restraint or some form of, you know, resistance because these disciples a lot of them were fishermen and I want to assume even though the Bible didn't say that that they saw that the storm was coming and that it was not a good time for them to get into the boat because by experience listen to me carefully by experience it was not logical to get into the boat at that time but yet Jesus constrains them to go into the boat my first point is that God will constrain you to make decisions that don't look logical you see, faith does not make sense. That's the first point you have to note. That many things that God will ask you to do will be things that it, by your experience, it may not look logical. Sometimes it will take everything to, from you to be able to believe God for that thing. If you consider what you know, what you've read, what you've learned, you will not want to take those decisions. Experience is not the best teacher. The Holy Ghost is. So you see, your experience will tell you, don't go this time. Don't run this time. Don't start this time. This is the wrong time to start. This is not the best time to start. But what God says is what God has said. If he says start, it is the best time to start. 
in Joshua chapter 3, the Bible says that in the time that Israel was to cross Jordan, Jordan had overflown its banks. That was the wrongest time to make a decision. Why would we cross Jordan? Why not even wait till the time that is dry season? God waited till the time that Jordan was overflowing its back and told Israel to cross at that time. Many things God will ask you to do would not make sense. For instance, he fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread. Doesn't make sense. Rose Lazarus from the dead. Doesn't make sense. Man and died four days, just opened the tomb. Doesn't make sense. Turn water to wine doesn't make sense. I mean, that's a risky thing for you to do at your job. If you are working as an event, you know, person, and the wine had finished, and your boss said, let's go look for wine. Is there hanging out somewhere? And says, put water in that jar. And your boss is probably, have you seen those events before? Have you seen them vexing before? Ah, oh, they can vex. They're already hangry. People are already anxious. There's so much anxiety, so much, you know, trepidation. Everybody's and they said, go and, go and give him. And you carry water. And while she's saying, there's no wine you should give us. He said, what's this? That's at the risk of your job. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Naaman's leprosy. Doesn't make sense. Go and bathe seven times in Jordan. Doesn't make sense. A virgin gets pregnant. Doesn't make sense. It takes faith to get pregnant as a virgin. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I was a choir member when the Lord spoke to me. Choir member. Never pastored before. Number seven on tenor singing. Number seven. I was not number one, number two, number three, number four. I was number seven. I was a perfect tenor singer. <laughs> number seven. So, I mean, the first six singers were not around. That's the only time I get to stand in front of the church. That's what it means. And God calls me from the backside and says, go start a church. Zero experience. Doesn't make sense. See, today I've not gone to Bible school. Doesn't make sense. Sorry, I bust your bubbles. Your pastor is an illiterate. Some of you are more qualified, but sorry, let me go choose. No vex. <laughs> no offense. I know you're better. I know you know theology. I know you know go ge geology. I know you know Bible bibliography. And trust me. Trust me, it doesn't make sense. The things that God will call you to do would not make sense. And so I wrote here in my note, believers don't look before they leap. They listen and then they leap. If you look, you are not going to leap. Because God is going to call you to do things at the rarest situations at the un most unlikely circumstance. It's going to ask you to start a business when the economic analysis is saying every business should be closing down. It doesn't make sense. Bishop Oedipo said they started 10,000 churches during COVID. When the old world was on shutdown, everybody closed down, no opening of churches. And God had told them in January, this year we are starting 10,000 churches. When they announced the shutdown or the lockdown in March, he went back to God. He said, God, maybe you don't read the news here. But right here, they are saying, everybody go shut down. God says, I said, go ahead. 10,000 churches. And over 1,000 of those churches were started outside the country. Over 1,000 were started. I mean, built from scratch to top. Employed over 6,000 pastors. When the nation was on shutdown, it doesn't make sense. Faith doesn't make sense. You can't want to make sense and make God. 
Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Believers don't look before they leap. Let's write that down. They listen and then they leap. They listen for instructions. What is God saying? In spite of how I feel, in spite of how it looks, in spite of how dangerous it looks, what is God saying? If God ever said anything to you, he's going to stay committed to his word. Read on for me. Duma. What does it say next? While he sent the multitudes away, yes. and when he had sent Please help me with Duma's mic. Yeah? Yes. The Bible says the evening was come. Help me with Dumas' mic. Do we have other mics? And when the evening was come. Where's Uncle Joe? All right. And when the evening was come, okay. he was there alone. So the Bible says he asked them to leave. When the evening was come, he was alone in the mountain. Continue reading. What does it say next? But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Yes. Tossed with waves. Yes. For the wind was contrary. The Bible says the wind was contrary to them. They were now in the midst of the sea. And now the wind was contrary to them. You, I want you to first remember that these guys were obeying God. And this is a very important point. I see I'm just drawing lessons this morning. I don't want to teach anything too deep or too up there. I want you to listen to me carefully. These guys were obeying God. And the fact that you obeyed God is not a guarantee that it will be a smooth sail. God did not promise you ease. He promised you victory. Nowhere in scriptures did God promise an easy life. I know a lot of us, you know, charismatics have come around. That comfort, my life is easy. It's not scriptural. There is nowhere in scriptures that God promised us an easy life. Faith is a weapon of war. If there wasn't going to be a fight, then you would not need a weapon. If God gave you an armor, an helmet of salvation, it's because somebody is trying to bust your brain. He gave you a breastplate of righteousness because somebody is about to pierce your heart. He gave you a shield of faith, sword of the spirit. He left nothing to cover your back. You are vulnerable behind. There is a war. God did not promise you. The fact that it was God that told you to start that business does not mean you are going to sell all out the first day. You can obey God and get into trouble obeying God. Joseph obeyed God, went to prison for it. Storms are not signals of God's presence or absence. The fact that you went through pain does not mean that Jesus is not present. He didn't promise you ease. He didn't promise you comfort. Listen to me. He promised you victory. And there's no such thing as a victory without a fight. The Bible says the cloud, the storm was contrary to them. He fought them. In verse 25, help me do more. Verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the Bible the night. says in the fourth watch. That means they started off from around 6 p.m. in the evening. You see, the night is divided into four watch. 6 to 9 p.m. First watch, 9 p.m. to 12 midnight. Second watch, 12 midnight to 3 a.m. Third watch, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. is fourth watch. So these guys were rowing in the sea from 6 p.m. till 3 a.m. Perhaps. And the entire journey of the Sea of Galilee is actually two hours. Really, without traffic. But now, these guys are in the storm. They obeyed God. 
and they in the storm. I have to give them credit. They stayed back in the storm. Because if the wind was contrary to them, they would have turned their backs and the wind would have helped them back to a place of disobedience. It's possible to find the easy way out of God's instruction. Ishmael was Abraham's easy way out of God's instruction. God doesn't give you a plan B. Trust me, if you hear a plan B, it didn't come from God. Easy way out. Easy way out. Out of discipline. Easy way out. We don't have tough skin anymore. We can't stand anything. We have a generation of people that can't stand anything. You can't go through anything. Before you say, Jack, my mental health. My happiness. Me first. That's all. People quit marriage because they can't go through anything. People quit church because the pastor said something. I mean, you can't even punish people anymore in church these days. They'll leave. Says you are disability that works. Someone that can sing. The other church will say, ah, we respect people here. We honor people here. Please join the choir. Someone that is under discipline for messing up another sister in another church. Because you can't stand through anything. You can't go through anything. And there's some small discovery. Me, no, my mental health. You quit jobs, quit businesses. Say, because you're Gen Z. And Gen Z can't can, can go through anything. I told you the story before. I went to sleep in the sister's house when I was on campus. I didn't sleep with the sister. I didn't sleep with her sister, but nobody believed me. Because how would they believe me? What did I go and do there? And I came out that day. I told my pastor, I didn't sleep with that sister. He said, no. You must confess in front of your church. How old, I, how old was I? I was barely 21. I was already confessing in front of your church. That I slept in the sister's house. How old was I? Imagine how old was I? It was the most painful part of my life. Stayed back in front of the church with tears in my eyes. I just sleep with her sister. And when we get to heaven, I will take God. Please. Before we enter, there's one CCTV. I want one man to watch it. I didn't sleep with her sister. But nobody believed me. Why? I don't sleep in her house. That's always a long story. I don't want to bore you with it this morning. I went back home. You want me to bore you with it? I don't have time. I'll bore you with it another day. It's a long story. It was the lowest help of my life. Trust me. I became suicidal if I didn't want. There was nothing, nothing was making sense. I was a very wonderful brother in church. Imagine me in church. Amazing person. I love the Lord. I couldn't sing anymore because if I lift up my hands and I saw two sisters giggling, I said they're laughing at me. I was under punishment. I packed my bags, went back home to Lagos because I gave my life to Christ in the church. I went back to my pastors in Lagos. The pastor said, Philip, I said, yes, ma'am. He said, you go back there. You will serve that punishment. I said, God, God knows I didn't trust us. I said, yes. But you will go back there and you will serve that punishment. He said, look, I'm your pastor. I trust you. I know you didn't touch that girl. But you will go back there. That's your training ground. You will serve that punishment. Three months of horror. Pastor stand stay, say, some of you, you think you know the Bible? Before we say Jack, you went to sleep in sister's house. 
sitting out there with tears in my eyes every Sunday morning. Cried every night. Felt dejected. I felt pained. One day I carried my back. I said, God, I'm going to kill myself. I told that story before I don't have to go over it again. I went to the gym camp. You all know that story. It was the darkest hour of my life. When I came out of that dark hour, Kala Kutali Kimbata, I came with the anointing. You see, because it doesn't take, it's not prayer. It's his brokenness. It's brokenness that brings out the horn. A man that is not broken can give nothing to his generation. Brokenness. That's what God was trying to do in my life. I didn't sleep with that girl, but I was proud and I didn't know it. How did I know I was proud? And I sat back in church that day and I was not the one running things anymore. I thought God was going to take my side. I thought for those times, God was going to punish them in that church. And say, you people did this to my son. I'm going to show you shaking. But you know what God did? He kept healing the sick. He kept doing things and he was doing it without me. You see, I thought I, was the, I thought I was the center of the universe. I thought I was the main guy. God showed me for three months, he can do anything without me. He can do everything without me. That was what God was trying to kill in my life. Not fornication. That. Can't go through anything. People can't stay in the marriage. They can't endure marriage. The reason why I hear people break up relationship. Break up now. People, the amount of talking stage. And they are not talkative. Because you can't you can go through anything. You can't you can endure anything. Where, where is faith? Where is patience? Where is perseverance? Where is persistence? Where is we are standing here, pastor? Till God answers us. The Bible says, we say, be ye followers of them who through faith and patience obtain the promise. Faith and patience are Siamese twins. You can't separate them. We have a generation that had faith but no patience. Who are you? 18-year-old girl want to carry for, for long child like you just kind of bark. So he said, I like a shoe. Say, I like the shoe. You like the shoe in her, in, her, in her feet. You like the shoe that your mother is wearing. You know how many years of work she put into it? You like the kind of this. You like the kind of that. You like You're not ready to pay the price to get it. Listen to me, child of God. It takes persistence to make things work. Everything that's working, people are there to make it work. Marriages that work, people were there to make it work. Some of you have the most nastiest siblings, but you lived with them. How many of you have a nasty siblings in your hands here? You have a sibling that you should be doing. If I can just kill this girl, just, 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 just snuff life out of this guy. They were pests to you. You have siblings that wanted to, they wanted to run you mad, but you stayed in the same house with them. You lived there for 20 years. You didn't, you didn't break up with them. Some of you had nasty parents. You thought that maybe they adopted you. Maybe they're not even my parents. Because how can somebody bone somebody and, and be and, and person like this? But you didn't leave the house. You got angry, you kicked your foot, but you stayed at home. You stayed there. I have a younger sister. I think she's the most terrible human being I've ever met. I've told, her, I've, told her, I've told her before. I said, I think you are the most terrible person God created. I told her, very nasty girl. I told her that I can never let anybody I know get married to her. I told her. 
I told her that I think that is the person that God wants to punish. That God will allow to marry her. That God said, I'm going to, that the person has offended God. And God wants to show that person something. That's how, that's how nasty she was. I lived with her all my life. I didn't break up with her. When you have a marriage of two me first, my happiness, my mental health, you do me, you do you, you do you, you do me. All those kind of nasty things that we say today, two kind of people come into a marriage, that's why marriages break. Because selfish, self-centeredness wouldn't make this thing work. Faith and patience. Stay there. The Bible says in the storm, nine hours they were there. God told us to go. They would have turned back. They would have turned back. Many people are here today, they have turned back already. God said, go, you went. If a small storm, small sinking is small. Storm, just wink at you like this. Small breeze, you have turned back. You don't have tough skin. You can make anything strong. Look, go to the eye cross. You see, I'm telling the truth. The amount of diverse cases we're facing, amazing. And why? Marriage has not changed. What changed are the kind of quality of people that are going into it. The selfish people. You hear them in the relationship. My wife cancels a lot. My wife was cancelling people. They were fighting. You know, I, I, because of my, my privileged position of being a husband, I'm able to overhear some of this. I just laugh. I say, these people are not ready. There are some marriages as we are doing like this. We know that this marriage cannot last. There was one marriage as I was joining them. I said, this marriage cannot last. No, you see... As I was joining, I said, this marriage that I'm joining now, it cannot last. I know. You see, because this is not far-fetched. It's not by prophecy. Yes, sir. When two people are selfish, thinking about themselves alone, yeah. come into a union, it's going to break. Yes, sir. Marriages work. Since my wife met me, I have, I have never closed the doors. I don't close doors. <laughs> I don't close doors. Till this morning. We married for 11 years, almost 11 years now. I don't close doors for 11 years. Why? He said, I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. Jesus said that to me. Set before you what? An open door. So since she married me, I've not closed doors. And now we have kids that she has to say, close the door. Close that door. She's been saying, close the door for 11 years. And I've not changed. And I don't think I'm going to change. Now, marriage is work. Work. Marriage, nobody has the responsibility of making you happy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Your wife was not designed to make you happy, neither is your husband. Some of you, the reason why you are checking out of a place is because you are not happy. Who told you you are going to be happy? Say, my happiness. Who told you? Bible says two are better. It is a two are happier. <laughs> better than one. Marriage is to make you better, not happier. So all the things that God has been trying to teach me that I did not learn, I learned in marriage. The Bible says they stayed in the storm. Faith and patience. They didn't give up. 
Quando você dizer next? And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, yes. walking on the sea. Yes. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, yes. they were troubled, yes. saying, yes. "It is a spirit." Yes. And they cried out for fear. Yes. But straight away, yes. Jesus spake unto them, saying, yes. "Be of good cheer." Be of good cheer. It is I. It is I. Be so not afraid. The storm was raging. Jesus was walking on the storm. Can I announce to you? That that very situation that is troubling you, Jesus is walking on it. The same storm that you are afraid of, Jesus is walking on it. Why didn't Jesus calm the storm? Jesus wants you to know that you can walk heads up, shoulders high, even in the midst of your storm. So walk in the storm. He says, be of good cheer. The storm was raging. But be of good cheer. Jesus, it is easier to calm the storm and not say, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. In the middle of a storm, shut up. The storm is still storming. Shut up, he says. I still don't have a job. Shut up. I still don't have a baby. Shut up. It is I. I still don't have what I'm praying for. Shut up, he says. Isaiah 54, help me do more. Joy is the greatest expression of faith. Joy, where you are. From verse 1, Isaiah 54, what does it say? 54 verse 1. Sing, oh, barren. Sing, oh. Barren. Come on, answer me. Sing, oh, what? Barren. The Bible says, sing, oh, jobless. Sing, oh, bullets. Single, pringle. Sing. <laughs> Single, barren. Single, treco. No car, but I'm singing. Sing, he says. Oh, barren. Pastor, I don't have a baby. Sing. Oh, barren. Pastor, I still feel sickness in my body. Sing. Oh, barren. Joy is the greatest expression. I told you in the beginning, the prime target of Satan in your life is your joy. Why don't you have a child yet? Because Satan wants to steal your joy. Why don't you have a job yet? Because Satan wants to steal your joy. Why don't you have a house yet? Because Satan wants to steal your joy. What you call depression is embedded heavily on comparison. Oh, you will soon know that since the height of Instagram, depression became higher. Because now you can see what your friends are wearing. You can see what your friends have, where they live. And then you can compare to yourself and suddenly it dawns on you, you have nothing. You have nothing. Sing his hands. Oh, Baron, what is the next? Thou that did his not bear. You that didn't have a child. Break forth into singing. Break forth into singing. Dance around it. You need to see us when we're in Roseboard. We didn't just use to dance like this. No, 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 this is not where we started though. How many of you were in Roseboard with us? Roseboard people? Oh, Roseboard. We dance. Roseboard, we dance. We danced and danced and danced and danced. We are small, about 20, 30, 40, sometimes 50. If you have a great crowd overflow 50 people and we danced there was one day we were going to move from that venue 
moved to First Frotty. How many of you remember First Frotty? In Barnex, I'd announce, I know, because the way I do it, I announce it's very big. You see, people, we are moving to a new venue. No, 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 we move everything. Oh, yeah, the Lord has done it. Mandalaraba. Well, we got there. We packed our stuff there. We're going to have service the next day. It's going to be a Thanksgiving service. And the owner of the place came and said, look, man of God, you'll be able to use this place again. We are cutting the contract. I didn't tell the people. I kept it a secret. So the next Thanksgiving, we danced our hearts out. Nobody knew. They thought we had come to a venue of our own. <laughs> anyway, let's see. When we finished, I said, well, brethren, we are going back to Roseboro. <laughs> but we danced. We sang. We celebrated. I did not allow one depression. I did not allow one sorrow. Nothing. Dance. Sing. Sing, Obari. We didn't allow anything. You see, that's why I tell you, don't give room for depression. Don't excuse it. I know Dr. David is there looking at me. We have a lot of clinical explanation for it, but the, the root of depression is the devil. Isaiah says the spirit of heaviness is a spirit that comes upon someone that you're no longer contented with what you have. Nothing makes sense to you. You scored 99 over 100, but then you saw that your friend scored 100 over 100. And you became sad. You became depressed. You constantly, constantly stay there. I understand. I'm not undermining it. Sorry, please. I know some of you, I, I don't trust me, but I, I, I dare to tell you, don't give the devil room in your life. No matter how much things you have, there will be someone who has more than you. No matter what you have, you may have, a, you may have this, you may have that. Someone who has more than you. And if you constantly keep your eyes on yourself, you're going to get depressed. You must find joy and satisfaction from the finished work of Christ on the cross. That's where your eyes should be. Trust me. Someone who has a finer car. And if yours is not... It's not, it's not anything. You just don't know why you are depressed. That is why you should know that it's the death. That's why you should know that this is not normal. We danced. What does it say next? Help me do more. For more are the children For of the desolate. Of the desolate. The children of the desolate are more, yes? Than the children of the married wife yes. of the Lord. Say God. God is saying that even though you don't even have a husband, your children are more. Yes, what does it say next? Enlarge the place of thy Enlarge tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. You see this is a barren person. A barren person single pringle no husband yet enlarging the place of our tent yes and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy the curtains, yes spare not spare not lengthen thy cords lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes open up your house give me NLT for verse 2 help me NLT for verse 2 let's look at that NLT what does it say fast media NLT Enlarge your house. Enlarge your house. Build an addition. Build an addition. Spread out your home. Spread out your home. And spare no expense. And spare no expense. For soon. For soon. Somebody say soon. Yes. You will soon be bursting at the seams. You will soon be bursting. So you see, faith is active. If you believe it, then you must behave it. Faith is not dormant. When we came here, we were barely 200. We were less than 200 when we came here. We expanded our courts. We excited. I remember when we came to Wusetu. 
We went to Usetu from us, we thought from Rosebud, Usetu. When we got to Usetu, we were about 50 of us. Usetu can sit about 200. So when we got there, you know, as we're entering the place, woman of God, <laughs> someone said to me, no, the person didn't say to me, the person said by herself, I didn't, it wasn't speaking to me. Someone just said, I overheard the person saying, ah, at least here now, we'll be here for like five years. Because the place was very big. I said, me, we are living here. No, 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 we are full this place. I remember there was a picture of us speaking to the back. I remember that picture. Speaking, the place was empty. That back, nobody to sit down there. Only, only first impression. Ah! But we sang. We expanded. Because faith, if you believe it, they say you are barren. Go and buy baby things, eh? Go and buy baby things. You and your wife should discuss it. So what kind of... You know, what kind of name are we going to give our child? There is no child yet, but you are expanding the place of your tent. He says, shut up. It is high. What does it say next? Help me. Your descendants will occupy other nations. Your, if you turn back, your descendants will be so much. Even where you have provided for them will be small. Go back to Matthew 14. My time is gone. Ha. Huh. But straightway, straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Yes, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It is I. It is I. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Yes, Lord, Lord, if it be thou, if it is you, bid me come unto thee. Bid me come unto thee. On the water. So Peter said, Lord, if you are the word talking to me, if this is you, Jesus, tell me to come walking on water with you and I said to you last Sunday that's instructive that Jesus must have told them that if you see me doing anything you also can do it if you see me healing the sick you also can heal the sick if you see me raising the dead so Peter said master if that's you tell me to call Jesus does not choose who we walk on water I hope you got what I just said if you see anyone walking on water, they chose to walk on water. A lot of us want miracles like that. You want to be able to walk on water, do things for God. But you're not ready to get out of the boat. You're like, hey, you mean it? Ha! Or we hear that testimony. But you're not willing to get out of your comfort zone. You're not going to see Jesus if you stay back where you are. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, 12 apostles, the Sea of Galilee was wide. You saw Jesus walking on water. And Peter says, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. I also want to walk on water. I also want to have a business worth billions. I also want to run that kind of work. I also want to have a ministry like that. You need to see what I feed my eyes on. I also, me too. Somebody say me too. Say, say me too. Say me too can have a successful marriage. Say it now. Me too. Me too. Hi too. Hi too. Hi ma. For everyone who they called forward. I'm never they call you forward when you're small. Forward. It's too forward. We, we, we rest the forward people. Can I see your hands? I too. Somebody say I too. Say I too know. I TK. Yeah. I too know. I too. I too want to walk on water. I too want to raise the dead. I too want to heal the sick. I too. Continue to what does he say next? And he said come. He said what? Come. So Jesus will not stop you. Jesus will not stop you. Some of you, no matter how big your dreams are, your dream is just a microcosm of the dream of Jesus. Bible is able to do far above, abundantly exceeding what you can ask. 
there is nothing you are dreaming that is not small to God. There's not, your dreams are valid. There is nothing you are desiring that God is afraid of. There's nothing that you want to do. Look at Jesus. He's not insecure. Jesus Christ is not insecure. You don't say, eh? So if Peter is not walking on water, eh? maybe people will not even respect me again. No? Maybe they say, eh? Jesus walk on water, Peter walk on water. Eh? So what's there? Jesus says, come. He's calling on some of you this morning. He says, come. You have stayed back on that boat for too long. That boat of comfort, that boat of ease, that boat of convenience. You have stayed back. He says, come, come join me walking on water. What is the Lord calling you to do? What has the Lord called you to do? Where is that comfort place you have stayed back? You stayed back all these years. One, two, three, four, five. You've procrastinated the day you're going to step out of the boat. And right now, you are still there struggling with a sinking boat when Jesus is calling to come on the water. Come, he says. He told me, come. Son, come. Come. I had no experience. Zero experience. Imagine if I didn't start this else. I wouldn't have met some of you here. Never. Maybe never. Where I was, I was serving with my heart. Because it took faith to come to where you are. I want to say something now. It will take you faith to get to where you are. But faith will always move you. And faith will move you from where you are. Because you, where you are now soon becomes a safe place. And it's no longer faith taking you there or keeping you there. You have grown into capacity that it has become a convenient place for you. So this convenient place was once a place of faith. But because without faith, no man can please God. God must constantly, continuously move you from your convenient places. So say, but pastor, God led me here, but it's leading you out of here. It takes faith to move. You came here by faith, you must move by faith. Ah, we came here by faith, we must move by faith. We must move by faith. One day we came here, one day we will live here. Because faith will always move you. Jesus says, come. You are there. Can this business work? Can it work? Jesus says, come. I'm walking on water. See me. I'm also doing it. Come. Then what did Peter do? And when Peter was come down out of the Bible ship. Bible says Peter came down out. You see, I, I don't have time. That down out has a meaning. He came down out and began to walk on water. So was Jesus. You see, there's no school of walking on water. No matter how prepared you are, you will never know your true potential until you attempt it. Please listen to me. You will never know what you have capacity to do. Trust me. You don't even know how graced you are. You don't even know what you are blessed with. Until you try and begin to try out what God has called you to do. You will not even know that inside you is the capacity of a business builder. Inside you is the capacity of a 1,000 employee person. You are able to employ at that level. But you would not know. Because you didn't come out. Peter began to walk on water. Where did he learn that? Nowhere. 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 Because when you step out into destiny, in faith, every hidden potential begins to unravel. When God called Moses, he said to Moses, God doesn't tell you everything. God doesn't tell us everything. If God told me, when we're in Roseboard, what we're doing now, and how much it's going to cost us to do it, maybe I would have told him, that, Lord, let us rethink about this. You see, God doesn't tell you everything. So God said to Moses, Moses, you are going to face Pharaoh. He said, take this rod. Someone say rod. Do I go give Moses the rod? Because Moses was a stammerer. Moses was a stammerer. And God had made up his mind that he was not going to heal Moses. You know why God didn't heal Moses? Listen to me, oh. Listen to me, oh. This is why God didn't heal Moses. Is that Moses was using his stammering as an excuse. And God wanted Moses to know that what I've put to you, I've put in you. 
and none of your weakness is strong enough to stop you from what I've called you to do. I was the one that created you. You see, you have no excuses. And so God says, go and be stammering like that. Well, he gave me a rod. You know what that rod is? Isaiah 11 verse 1. I like 11 verse 1. That rod. It calls him the rod from the root of Jesse. It gives him a rod. The word of God. So he that could not speak as a word in his mouth. Threw the rod in his hands. So he says, stretch for the rod to the sea. Stretch for the rod. So stretch for the word to Pharaoh. Stretch for the word to the Red Sea. Did you see that? And there shall come for the rod. So say rod. From the stem of Jesse. That's Jesus. That rod in the hands of Moses. That's the similitude of Jesus. He couldn't speak, but he had the word in his mouth. Through the rod in his hands. And so he says, go. Go with that rod. Do wonders with it. Where was I if I got here? There was something I wanted to say. Eh? Eh? Yeah, so God called Moses. God said, come Moses. Throw your rod down. What happened to Moses' rod? Eh? It became a snake. And I can't go there because why does the rod become snake in God's presence? Why not dove? Why not lamb? See, that's a whole lot of sermon on his own. It's about the rising of Jesus Christ. That he became sin. The rod. The rod. Is it the rod? <laughs> became sin. Because the ruler of the ruler of Egypt was that symbol on the crown of Pharaoh. So it became sin that he might conquer him who had the power of sin. And so that was why that rod was instrumental in the hands of Moses. But that's not my sermon. That's not my sermon. My sermon is that his rod became a snake right in the presence of God. And God says, what? Pick it up. That was all that God told Moses. So imagine Moses like this. The house like this. Went to Pharaoh. <laughs> if only these guys knew that my rod can become a snake. And so, <laughs> snake bender. <laughs> oh my God. Went straight into Pharaoh's palace. Threw down his rod. Because God doesn't tell you everything. See, God doesn't announce the storm. When he constrained the disciples, he didn't tell them a storm was coming. If he told you everything that was coming, you would not go. That's the truth. So he threw down the snake. And what happened to Pharaoh's magicians? What did they do? They threw down their own snake. Moses was aghast. I did not know you people can do it too. But what happened next? You see, Moses did not know that his rod had the ability to swallow all rods. No matter how prepared you are, until you step into your calling, you will not even know your true potential. You would not know what you have capacity. You see, I didn't know I have capacity to pastor a church. If they told me, pastor, I said, no. Everyone has to say, pastor, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a pastor. You see, I think that I don't have the mental preference. I don't have the temperament. I don't have the character of a pastor. If you know me before now, I was very, very intolerant. I have changed. I have changed. I did not know this was inside me. But until I came into the fullness of this call, it didn't show up. Some of you are waiting for everything to show up before you step. It's when you step in that it shows up. It says, I have sent the ravens to feed you there. Go to the brook at Cherith. I have commanded the ravens. The ravens will not bring the food to where you are. They will bring it to where you are called to go. So if you are staying here, you won't get it. Your consignment is in the place of your assignment. That's where it is. So Peter, step out. And started walking. And started walking. Who would have believed that Peter can walk? It's a 50-50 thing. What if I drown? 
I call it 50-50 faith. What if I drown? What if I don't drown? What if I fail? What if I don't fail? So I step. Because you see, this boat was going to sink anyway. Some of you have refused to obey God. Now that you have not obeyed God, what has your life become? How better are you? How are things for you? Are you happier? Are you better? Do you have a stronger foundation? Of course not. So Peter says, this is 50 50. I'm going to step out into the water and trust God to hold me. It's the story of Jonathan. I love that story of Jonathan. Who knows that story? I think it's in First, first Kings where it says, Perhaps. Who knows that Perhaps? Who help me? Perhaps. Help me do more. Can you get it for me? It says, Perhaps God will save us. Perhaps God will save us. I think it's in First Kings. Check it. It says, Who knows? For God is not restricted by many or by few to save. For perhaps He will save us. Help me with it. You have it. I think it's in First Kings. Perhaps. I, mean, hmm? I think it's 14. Eh? For it's nothing to God to save whether with many or with few. It's First Samuel. First Samuel. 14, first Samuel. What does it say? Help me. And Jonathan says. First Samuel, what? 14? 14, 6. 14, 6. Samuel 14, 6. Give us verse, verse. Okay, that's it. Read on. Let's see. And Jonathan said to the young man that yes. here is armor. Come and let us go over says, unto come. the garrison of those yes. uncircumcised. Yes. It may be that the Lord will walk it for us. It may be. You see, so King James says it may be. New King James says for perhaps God will walk for us. Perhaps. I preached a whole sermon on this necessity before. Perhaps. So some of us stepped out into destiny on the platform of what? Perhaps. perhaps. It's a 50-50. If you stay here, you're going to fail. So why stay there? Why not try this out? Is God calling you? I was already going down, like down in my life. Why? I was thinking anyway, this boat is going to sink. I could as well jump out and step into the water. Listen to me, I'm very clear this morning. 50. So he says, perhaps, help me what I say next. Verse Maybe, yes? For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by There is no restraint to heaven. Yes? And his armor bearer said unto him, Yes. Do all that is in thine heart. Yes. Turn thee. Yes. Behold, I am with so thee. So that's the kind of people you need with you. Armor bearers. Armor bearer. He says, do everything. I told about friends that don't believe yesterday. This is the friends that believe. It says, as fast as you can go, I'm with you. With my heart. Yes, give me the next verse. Verse 8. Then said Jonathan, yes. behold, behold, we will pass over we will unto pass this over man. This man. Yes. And we will discover ourselves unto them. You see, this journey, this thing will take us too far. Because this whole story is a story of faith, just like Gaz's story was. He said, we'll discover ourselves. We want to go and fight people. We want to say, hey, look at us. Oh, we are here. Oh. Terrible strategy. But when God gives you an instruction, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to walk on water. I'm speaking to your heart this morning, and I choose to handle with this. Some of you are where you are today because you chose to make sense. That's how you are. You want everything to make sense. You want to go to the feasibility studies. God is saying, come and do this. You say, no, it doesn't make sense. Nobody did this, and it worked. My past, my past, my daddy tried to do it. It didn't work. I'm not, a, I'm not the only person that's pastor in my house. I'm saying this with every sense of humility. I have two elder brothers who pastored. Two elder brothers. Listen to me. Two elder brothers who pastored. The first one is my eldest brother. He's in the U.S. He pastored here in Abelkuta. His church was very small. I'm not sure there were more than 30. I grew up seeing that church. Remain what it was. You see, there's a power in visual image. It's just there. I'm just saying and this is my pastor. This is my brother. He was the one that led me, you know, taught me the things of God. 
He was trying to pray for somebody who was crippled in the person's feet. The person didn't get healed. I was a child. I was about maybe nine years old or eight years old. But I saw him try to pray for that person and the person didn't get healed. That was a struggle. When I grew up, I was on campus. I was planning a healing program. And I said, come. If you're sick, come. If you're diseased, come. And I said that. Can you believe it? I remembered. I remembered how my brother struggled. There was no way I remembered by myself. Satan must have reminded me that if your brother could not do it, what makes you think you can? And some of you are here. The reason why you are where you are is because there's nobody in your family that has attempted this thing for. And God is calling you into it. And so Satan told me that he said, if your brother could not do it, what makes you think you are? And thank God for the Holy Ghost. Somebody said the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost put the words in my lips. He says, that's not my only brother. I have other brothers. I have one brother. They call his name Brother Paul. Brother Paul was preaching in Lystra. Perhaps there was a man who was lame at his feet from his mother's womb. And while he preached, he perceived that the man had faith in his heart to be healed. And he said, stand up on your feet. And the man stood up and began to walk. I have another brother. His name is Brother Peter. Brother Peter was going to the temple with Brother John. Bible says they saw a man who has been lame from his mother's womb, sitting at the beautiful gate. At that place, the man looked upon them, seeking to get halves. And Brother Peter looked at him and said, look on us. He said, for silver and gold have I on, but that shall I have, I give unto you. Rise up in your, on your feet and begin to walk. That's my second brother. Guess what? I have another brother. His name is Brother Jesus. The Bible says he walked through Galilee, going everywhere, healing all them that were sick. I broke the limitation of that brotherhood in my mind. Sorry, church. Small, small, small. I made up my mind. I am not going to repeat this thing. Peter saw Jesus walking. Nobody has walked before. And so he began to walk. I want to end with this. Help me to what has happened next. As he was walking? Yes, Peter. Bible says he saw. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he yes. walked on water to go to Jesus. Yes. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he yes. was afraid and yes. beginning to sink. And began he to cried, sink. saying, Lord, yes. save me. Now, the Bible says he cried out. Now, you have preached this last Sunday, and that's not my point. My point is that Peter cried out. There are three levels of faith there. Listen to me, child of God. Listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. Three levels of faith here. And you need to know this. I plead that your ears will hear this. He was sinking, and he cried out to Jesus. The Bible says, What happened? Immediately, and immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand. You see, Jesus is not far. No matter how, where you are, Jesus is not far. He's close by. Now, we would have said, okay, maybe he was already close to Jesus. And that's another point. That doubt can catch up with you anywhere. You could have gone this close to destiny. The moment you take your eyes off Jesus, you begin to drown. You could have gotten this close to life. The moment you go to the eyes of Jesus, you begin to drown. But Jesus Christ caught him by the hand and said what? What did he say? Oh, thou of little faith. Where didst thou doubt? Where, why did Wherefore you doubt? Did thou doubt? Why did you doubt? And grabbed him. I said to you last Sunday, he didn't say, hey, hey. God, God catch you. You too know how it is. No. Jesus was full of compassion. Grabbed him. He wants him to walk on water. And guess what two of them did? They walked together, hand in hand on the sea back into the boat so he has his three levels of faith one the faith that says I want to try it out the faith that says I'm going to cry out when I'm drowning and the faith that says I don't have to be alone to be in faith what if I want to put my hands in the hands of Jesus what if I have to walk with faith what if I have to walk with Jesus to be in faith if today you are alone and that's why you are drowning 
What if you stretch your hands? There's someone sitting beside you whose faith can help you this morning walk back into the boat. So what happened to the boat when they got there? Yes? The Bible said when they got to the, wind, the ship, what happened? The wind ceased. So you see, Jesus is a dramatic Jesus. Someone say dramatic Jesus. You see, he could have quenched this thing from the beginning. He could have quenched that thing from the mountain. You are going through a test. Psalm 66. You are going through a test. You are going through a test. Whatever you're going through right now is a test. Psalm 66, verse 10. You could have quenched it from the beginning. Psalm 66, verse 10. You could have quenched it from the beginning. You could have said, no. You see, but your story, your testimony is not that you went through nothing. Are you following me? Yes. You see, your testimony is not that I went through nothing. If you are here and you have gone through nothing, that's not your testimony. You didn't go through nothing. Your faith is not to make Goliath run away. It's to bring Goliath down. So we call it testimony. In Yoruba language, it means testimony. Testimony. That is the test I had. Because you are not permitted to be promoted without a test. And some of us think that our faith is going to exempt us from a test. Your faith is not, to, it's not going to exempt you from a test. Your faith is going to make you strong enough to come out of your test. What does it say? Psalm 66 verse 10. Help me. For thou, O God, the Bible says you have proved us. You have proved us. That delay, that thing that didn't look like it was working, God was proving you. It was proving you. You must have persistence. You must stay there. It's proving you. You are confessing. You are believing. It's not showing yet. It's done in the spirit. Stay there. If God said it, it's true to his word. He's not going to change his mind. You are believing God for a baby. Listen to me. He's going to come. Stay there. Help me to say next. Do more. Thou hast tried us. Thou hast tried us. As silver is tried. As silver is tried. Continue. Thou broughtest us into the net. He said you brought us. He said God brought us into the net. Some of you, God brought you to the net of the University of Abuja. It's a net. It's a net. <laughs> You're there. You can't even find your results. That's a net. Or your lecturer is trying to sleep with you. That's a net. That's a test. Don't sleep with that lecturer. Don't sleep with that lecturer. Don't find the easy way out of your storm. Stay with God. He says you brought us into a net. Come to what is the next. Thou laid affliction upon you our loins. You laid affliction upon what? Our, our loins. What is the next? Thou hast caused men to ride you over our You caused men. Listen to me. You caused men to do what? Ride over our head. They, read, they were riding over your head. Disrespect. Insult. David said it. That man rebuked him and insulted him in the window and said, leave him, don't touch him. He said, well, let God see. <laughs> let God see this insult. So if you have been embarrassed right now, let God see. Don't fight mockery. Listen to me. Listen to me. Don't fight mockery. I stayed in that church for three months. They mocked me. I was one of the leaders in that church. I was a youth leader. And they mocked me. I cannot pray. They insulted me. I stayed there. He says, you did what? We went through what? Fire. Fire. Is anybody going through fire right now? Maybe. Maybe yours is a lot of fire of affliction. Fire. Maybe today you are even staying with someone who is insulting you. You don't have a place to stay. You have stayed back in that place because you have accommodation. That's fire. Every day the person sneers at you, but you don't have another place to go. You are confessing, my place is coming. Don't allow the enemy see or steal off your joy. He said you took us through fire. What happened next? 
and through water. You took us through water. We almost drowned. But what happened next? But thou brought us but out you into have a brought us place. out into a wealthy place. Out into a wealthy place. When I came out of that church, the first program I held, Lloyd's, People were asking me, where have you been? You see, for those of us who are who I'm talking about, I was in that church for part one, part two, part three. I did philosophy for part one. So I was in that church for four years. It was in my part four of faculty of law that I left the church. So when I joined this new church, I was going to join the choir. It was during the audition year I met Pastor Fumi. Amen. Someone said he has brought me to a wealthy place. Brought us out into what? I met Pastor Fumi there. I joined the choir. People started fighting me in that choir. Another storm. He said, But I'm used to this. Listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. The person that was the choir head hated me for no reason. I was a senior in age. I was a senior in class. It was in part three. I was in part four. Yet he would ask me to carry keyboard. PSL 630. Up. To the third floor. So come on. As I was carrying that keyboard, which it was insulting me. But you know where I'm coming from? You see, I am coming from a place where God has shown me that He can do anything without me. You have to understand the purpose of that fire. That right now there was no altar of flesh, altar of arrogance. There was no altar of me, me, me in me. So I carry it. I remember those people say, nonsense. Don't carry it. I say, ah, God is watching us. <laughs> Let me carry it. God is watching me. He was the choir coordinator of that fellowship. In less than two months, I joined the fellowship. They were looking for someone that would be the choir coordinator of the entire campus. Entire campus. Entire campus. And the Lord said, it must be that guy. Me. Where I sat down. They say, it's you. Me? It can't be me. I just joined the church. They said, no, God said it's you. And I told you this story before. When they called people like that, because people used to have fans. Say, the next person, the next Bible study secretary is brother so so and so. All the fans, hey, they'll go and carry the person, hey, look at to the person to the new seats. When they called my name, nobody carried me. Nobody knew me. I trek from where I was to my new seat. I sat down there. Someone say fire. Say patience. Say faith. I sat down there. When I joined the choir, the choir was about 120 when I joined the choir. The moment I joined the choir, it remained 20. Everybody left because they said, who is this guy? Who is this one that they brought? Ah, they said, UJCM choir has gone down. Who knows this one? So I took those 20 people. Mr. Mary, I took those 20 people like this. I taught them every day. Sometimes I would make them pray in tongues for three hours. Choir. It grew from 20 to over 300 in one year. The first meeting we held, the power of God came down. Wah! I said, you have not seen anything yet. You've never seen anything. Come next time. The next time we had about 3,000 people in attendance. Somebody say, where did please? You see, I was already broken. My oil. The Bible says Mary broke the alabaster box. The fragrance of that oil, you are too closed in, you are too full of yourself, and you are mounted to nothing. You are too wrapped up with yourself, so you made a very small package. I was broken. The fragrance of my auction was filled everywhere. 
We had the next meeting. Three days. People were under fire. People were under fire for three days. Three days. We were cutting people. Fire. People said, Where have you been? I said, I've been at the backside of the wilderness. Say, Where? He said, The fondness of affliction. I said, God was pruning me. God was testing me. And today I've stepped out of my booth to believe God. Is there anybody here who's sitting back where you are? You know that God is calling to something mightier something stronger. Bow down your heads and say, Lord, today I receive the strength to move. I receive the strength to come out. Come out of that place of comfort. Come out of that place of ease. Come out of that place of convenience. Somebody, your life has to change from today. From today. Enough. Enough of familiar. Enough of the, of the place you are used to. Enough. 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 Enough 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 today I receive the strength to come out of that place step into that thing God has called me into today you are starting today you are starting today you are starting today you are starting somebody starting today Today is, the, today is the day that everything changes. Today is the day that things will turn around. Today is the day that things will come in a new shape. Today, today, no more convenience, no more comfort, no more ease. I step out into a new dimension. I step out into my core. Mimba, Kebra, Reko, Super, Kata, Somebody pray, somebody pray. I step out of everything that has held me back, held me down. I step in faith. I step out in faith. Today, today, not tomorrow, not tomorrow. Somebody stepping out of that place of convenience today. Is somebody praying? Anybody tired of the normal? Anybody tired of the usual? You are ready to come out of that place, of that place. Come on, pray. Rake baba baskata. Embrandele bakatesha. I step out into my core. I step out into my assignment. I step out. I step out. I step out. Embarate kasha. Eka baba baba baskata. Embrate kaske balata. Reka baba baba batola bakos. Embele de bere de bete bele bete. Reka baba baska balabata. Membrokos komoro do bakota. Reka baba bata. Today, 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 not tomorrow. I step out of my boat of convenience. I step out of my boat of comfort. I step out of my boat. I step out today. Embarcate, Jarabakaska, Embracatelete Barada, Repapapapacosoteleca, Embregadele Baradaba, Zeperatiataya, Erakapapatasaya. I want to pray for someone here this morning. The Lord is saying in my heart, you stepped out, but then you faced the storm and then you turned your back. It's not like you've not tried it before. You say, Pastor, I've tried it before. It failed and I turned my back. I want you to slip out your hands, all the hands of your neighbor, wherever you are. We're praying for supply of strength right now. 
for everyone who's lost strength lost faith who's tried out before it didn't work you fail you fell and you turned your back or you found an easy way out but God's saying this morning there's strength available pray for your neighbor say neighbor I pray for strength for you right seated beside you is a generational changer seated beside you is a is a transformational leader seated beside you is someone whose light will shine the burning light seated beside you right where you are right where you are the person seated beside you is a national changer speak strength speak strength speak strength speak strength speak strength no fear no fear no fear don't fear don't fear I receive strength today in the name of Jesus I receive strength today I receive strength for you today pray for your neighbor pray for your neighbor we're going back we're going back and this time it's gonna work we're going back and this time it's going to fly we're going back Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.